If you have your Bibles, open your Bibles to the book of Psalm. I want to go to the book of Psalm. Amen. Um, we're going to read, um, people say Psalms, it's Psalm. Amen. Not Palm, but Psalm. <laughs> Amen. If you stand for the reading of God's word, I want to go to Psalm 30. And, and remember this, each Psalm is a book. So there's 150 books in the, in the book of Psalms. Ain't that something? Amen. Um, Psalm 30 and verse 5. Uh-oh. Psalm 30 and verse 5. Got it? Amen. Look what it says. It says, for his anger is but for a moment. That's what I'm going to read. That's where I'm going to start, and I'll pick up on the rest of it next week. For his anger is but for a moment. I want to talk about the frequently asked questions about God. How long does God stay angry with me? Amen. How long does God stay angry with me? For his anger is but for a moment. We all have questions about God. Am I right? Uh, we all have curiosities, thank you, ushers, about God. And I titled this series Frequently FAQs, Frequently Asked Questions About God. I'm going to go through this series answering the different questions that people may have about God. For instance, is God real? We'll go to scripture and we'll find out, is God real? The only way that you can find out if God is real is if you go to his word and see what it says. But I wanted to deal with this first sermon in this Answers to Life's Greatest Questions About God series by Answering the question, how long does God stay angry with me? Now, a lot of people, our parents and grandparents told us, don't you question God. Am I right about it? Don't you ever question God. You, you accept what God allows. Amen. You just accept it the way it is and don't ask no questions. Now, believing in God and questioning him are two different things. Amen. And I hope that in this series to answer some of these questions. Now, from our perspective, we may look at, say, Pastor, anger is a negative word, but from God's perspective, it's different. And so, before I go into this, I want to talk to you today about the context of this passage. This book of Psalm, this particular Psalm was written by David. David, who had been delivered from many trials and adverse circumstances, he writes this Psalm at a time, if you look at the heading of your, song, of your book, it says, Thanksgiving for, for deliverance from death. David was under divine discipline. David, God had told him not to number the people. 
But David disobeyed God and God in his anger brought David close to death. I wish I had somebody. You don't want to fall into the hands of a living God, much less a angry God. Do I have anybody? The psalmist, the psalmist is writing from experience. And what I love about David is that David is very honest. You know, if it was me writing this, I would not put these things about God in there. If I wanted you to see a lot of times what we do, saints, we only want to preach the good things about God. We only want to preach the hallelujah good things about God. But we don't want to hear about the things, the things that God, the, the, the characteristics of God that sometimes turn people off. But I stopped by here to tell you, I'm not here to turn you on. I'm here to turn you up so that you can learn something about the God that's in the Bible. Because I can keep lying to you and I can keep telling you something else. But the God we serve gets angry. Listen to me, David. If you look at verse one, look at verse one. He says, I will extol you, O Lord, for you have lifted me up and have not let my enemies rejoice over me. David understood that God was using his enemies to come after him to bring him back to a place. God told David, David, do not number the people. What did David do? David and his pride. See, this is why I was telling my wife today, I got to stay humble. I want to stay humble and I will continue to stay humble because I understand that God has a plan for my life. But God just can't use us if we're prideful. I mean, he can use us, but what I'm saying is he will use you better if you stay humble and keep following his way because God loves those who are humble. Are you with me? David, David, if you look at it for a second, he says, he says, you did not let my enemies rejoice over me. Look at verse 2. He says, oh, Lord, my God, I cried for you to you for help, and you what? You healed me. How many know he's a healer? So we find out that David, while going through his prideful period of life, watch this. First it was the enemy. Then it was sickness. But he cried out to the same God that sent the discipline. He cried out to the same God and the same God. Tell your neighbor he healed him. Do I have anybody? David, because of his pride, 70,000 people died in one day because of his pride. Are you with me? Do you not know that your actions can cause a reaction? Do you not know that the stuff you do may be causing your children to suffer, your great-grandchildren to suffer, all the things that you're doing in your life? We have to take good inventory of it because God is looking, y'all. Are you with me? Watch the text. The text says, the text says, he says, I, you healed me. Verse 3. Oh, Lord, you brought me up. You brought up my soul from hell. Interesting words. David said, first, you delivered me from my enemies. Secondly, you healed me. And thirdly, he came to the point. Listen, some of us are living In some hellish situations. Some of us are living hell on earth. David said you brought me up out of that. Come on somebody. You kept me alive that I would not go down to the what? To the pit. 
He says, sing praises to the Lord, you his godly ones, and give thanks to his holy name. Here's a man who has been through some stuff. Any of you been through some stuff? You wonder why some of us were crying this morning, why some of us were weeping a little bit, why we were worshiping, because we understood what God has delivered us out of. Do I have anybody this morning that he delivered you out of something from his experience? And his deliverance from God, chastening him, David praised the Lord because his anger, and I'm going to tell you about it now. What about God's anger? Here's the question. Here's the thing, right? Before we can answer the question, right, how long does God stay angry with me? We have to answer the question, and we have to understand anger from God's perspective. All right, let's look at it. Look what it says. Look what it says. Many people have unrealistic expectation, ideas, images, and feelings about God. God's mad at me. God's upset with me. God doesn't play that. God doesn't operate like that. You understand what I'm saying? God does not get into human pity pats. He doesn't do that kind of stuff. He's God, and he loves you, and he's bigger than us. Right? But watch the text. The text says, and I'm just going to stick with those three words, for his anger. The first thing you got to know about his anger, his anger is righteous. Write that down somewhere. His anger is what? Righteous. It's not unrighteous anger. It's righteous anger. Watch this. God's anger is a righteous response to our sin. I said sin. Yes, I did. Boy, I, boy, I wish y'all was y'all ain't shouting no more. God's anger is a righteous response to our sin. Righteously, He's responding because watch this: if He does not respond righteously, then we're in big trouble. If He does not respond righteously, we out of here. Do I have anybody? His righteousness, along with His justice, His love and grace, means. I don't get what I deserve. That's why David said his anger for his anger. I'm going to get to the next piece of that verse here in a second. Watch this. We have what's called imputed righteousness. Let me tell you what imputed righteousness means. The only reason that God responds righteously to our sin because he's imputed Jesus' righteousness on us so that when he looks at you, he doesn't see you. He sees... Oh, I thank God for his anger, you know, because <laughs> I thank God for Jesus because, watch this, we mess up every day. Some of us, we're trying to be so right, but you're trying to be right with your own righteousness. And God is saying, let my righteousness reign. Do I have anybody? David understood this. And we have imputed righteousness through, which means he blesses us based on imputed righteousness. I thank God for his righteous anger. Because watch this. Let me tell you about God's righteous anger. Here's what it does. God's righteous anger puts me back on the right track. If every time you feel like, watch this, some of us, we think, oh, I'm right before God all the time. I never do anything wrong. God's like, yeah, right. Who are you kidding? You're fooling yourself. But see, God, see, here's the thing. You see, you know, pa parents, parenting is a, is, a, is a tough thing, okay? Here's the thing. Sometimes your kids don't understand 
that your anger is not that you're angry at them to throw them away, but you're angry at them so that you can correct them so that you can put them back on the right path. Watch this. Oftentimes, if you don't have good training as a parent, your anger turns into abuse. It, it's no longer righteous anger. It's abuse. And then what happens in the dynamic of the relationship now between parent and child is this. You have what? Friction. Not so with God. When God gets angry, his righteousness says, I got to get you back on track. Can I ask you a question? How long has God been trying to get you back and the only reason why you still making it, tell your neighbor, because of grace. And God's grace never runs out. And God's mercy never runs out. But because of what Christ did on Calvary, the blood. Come on, somebody. I'm going to say it one more time. The blood brings his righteousness to you. So therefore, now you're still under grace. God's. Anger, his anger, for his anger is righteous. The next thing it says, he, watch this. The next thing is his anger, write it down. You ready for this? Is a reaction and a rescue effort. Write it down. His anger is a reaction and a rescue effort. The difference between mad and angry. That's all that means. When David in his pride disobeyed God, he positioned himself outside of the winner's circle. And God was coming to rescue. Tell your neighbor, he used his enemies. He used sickness. He used near death. Some of us, we were laying on the hospital bed. Come on, somebody. Uh, I think eight years ago, I was laying on the hospital bed. Come on, somebody. And God had to use that. Come on, somebody. To rescue me from myself. And somebody here this morning, don't you get angry with God. Because I want to tell you something, that his anger, come on, somebody, is just his reaction. For him not to react to your sin would not make him God would not make him holy. So God is trying to rescue you. Come on, somebody. In other words, watch this. God, you made a decision to ignore God's word, and God says, listen, I'm trying to rescue you. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, God is trying to rescue me. When we discover God, well, when we disobey God, we are deceived. Listen to me real good. We are what? Deceived. You ever notice that the things of God become less important when you're deceived? You know, it's like you miss one week. Come on, somebody. Then you stop reading the word. Then you stop going to Bible study. Then all of a sudden, you know, you ain't listening to gospel music no more. You, you turn it to another station. Then you start consuming CNN and NBC and ABC and you're walking in fear now because they told you all the people getting killed. 
Come on, somebody. And then all of a sudden you become so desensitized to the things of God. And God keeps saying, I'm trying to rescue you. The reason the doors ain't opening because maybe you'll get it. Come on, somebody. The reason that stuff happened to you is because I'm using that to rescue you. I love you. I'm not just going to let you sink. As a matter of fact, if I see you going too deep, I'm going to send you a boat. But here's the problem with the boat. You got to make sure you recognize that it's a rescue effort and not God trying to show retribution for what you've been doing. Do I have anybody? Let me say this. Sin is like a prison. Sin is like a prison with an open door. Watch this. And you can walk out, but you won't. Because you're deceived. Sin is like getting hooked on drugs. Come on, somebody. You lose your mind. God in his grace is patient. Tell your neighbor he's patient. Then when we stop responding, watch this, when God stops responding by his anger, you're in trouble. But I thank God for his anger. Why did David say, just just, just those three words, for his anger. Why did David say that? David understood something. You ready? Watch the next thing, third point. Here's the next thing about God's anger you need to understand. His anger... Watch this, you ready? First thing is a reaction. But thirdly, it's a response through love. All right, all right. I heard this. I'm beating you, boy, because I love you. (laughs) I'm I'm, I'm knocking you upside your head because this is going to hurt you more than going to hurt me. It's going to hurt me more than it's going to hurt you. But it's a, listen, God's anger. Listen, don't, don't, you you can articulate it. David said, for his what? Anger. A lot of people don't want to talk about God's anger. But God's anger is a response, watch this, through love. Lord, thank you for loving me. Thank you for loving me enough to cause me to lose my mind so that I would serve you. Thank you for loving me so much for not letting me go so fast far away from you that watch this that doors closed people left me come on somebody I got sick I got enemies stuff started falling apart I fell into the pit thank you Lord that that was love some of us think it was a it was an attack we keep blaming the enemy we keep saying the devil the devil the devil the devil no 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 that's God's love God is saying I love you but in my anger I want to bring you back. You see, my anger, watch this. Now, I want you to catch this. His anger through love is corrective. All right? It's corrective. And God is not going to leave you alone until you surrender back to him. You could try it. You can go here, you can go there, you can try this, you can try that. But can I tell you something, saints? His love will chase you down. Ooh, what kind of love. Can, can I tell you, can, the, proverb, the proverb writer said, you know, spare the rod. Hmm? 
It also says if you don't discipline your child, you don't love your child. So you're really disciplining me because you love me. And can I tell you something about God's love? It never fails. God's love never fails. God's love, God's love is perfect. God's love is infinite. God, God's love is what will hold you up. Oh, I wish I had somebody know what I'm talking about. God's love in the midst of what you're facing right now, you have to see that he loves you. Are you with me? Watch the text. Watch the text. His, he says, but his anger, for his anger, and I'm closing. I'm going to sit down now. His anger, let me finish the sentence, is but for a moment. Here's my last point. His anger is really brief. His anger is righteous. His anger is a, right, a reaction and a rescue effort. His anger is a response to love. But lastly, his anger is really brief. He says it's but for a moment. Now, this Hebrew word has something to do with time, but it also has to do with seasons. It also is predicated upon your response to his love, <laughs> to his reaction, to his righteousness. And oftentimes, we get copper attitude because things ain't going the way we want to go. And God says, if you were just to respond right to what I'm doing and change your ways, I will bless you. Do I have any? get a witness that God's anger is brief but I got a word for you I want you to write this down you ready write this down we prolong the punishment period write that down I, I put stars by that on my notes go on and write that down we prolong the punishment period it was only supposed to be for a night. It was only supposed to be for a few hours. I put you in time out. But it's been five years. It's been ten years. Now remember, you are not God, so you can't be angry and love at the same time. But God can. See, God can be mad at you and love you at the same time. And do good to you, too. Now, I'm talking about real good. You think you got away with it. You ever stole something? Oh, Lord, y'all don't want to tell yourself. <laughs> and look, you walking around like you thinking nobody sees. You're like, shoot, you by yourself. You, you thinking nobody sees, but somebody sees. Somebody, they already got you on camera. <laughs> but in your mind, somehow you thought you got away with it because you didn't feel the pain or the punishment just yet. Do I have a witness? Watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this. 
Can I ask you, can I, can I write this down? Write this down. How long will you live in that period? How long do you want to live in the period of punishment? If his anger can't rescue, then how long will you become angry with him? How long will you be angry with him because you've kept yourself in the period of punishment way too long? Tell your neighbor it should have been over a long time ago. It should have been over a long time ago. God wants you to come out of that depression. Because depression really is a reaction from sin. It is feelings that are built up. Come here, Psalmist. Psalm 53 says, when I kept silent about my sin, my body started to ache. I started to lose my mind. It is self-inflicted pain that we put on ourselves. I wish I had somebody. I'm ready for this period of my life to be over. For his anger is but for a moment. Are you with me? You see, David shows, verses 1 and 3 shows self-infliction. And then verse 6, he tells the cause. You ready for verse 6? I'm going to just close it right here. Watch this. He says, now as for me. You see, verses 1 and 3, when he was going through, he was real humble. But it was after verses 1 and 3. You see, tucked in between verses 4 and 5, he talks about God's anger because he experienced it. But verse 6 gives you the source of his problem. Watch this verse 6. He says, now as for me, I thank God for ownership. I said in my prosperity, I shall, I will never be moved. David, you lost your mind. God had to teach him. God had to show him. Prosperity ain't nothing. I'll take it all from you. You're the cause of 70,000 people dying. Now the question is, you got that blood on your hands. But I want to share with somebody as I close today. You got to remember something. I'm going to just take it from here. He says, uh, his anger is but for a moment. I, I, I'm going I'm, I'm to go next week here, but I'm going to do it again today. He said, he said but his favor. I, I'm going to say it one more time. His favor outweighs his anger. His favor is for a moment. I'm going to deal with that next week. Watch this. His, 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 watch this. Anger is but for a moment, but his favor for a lifetime. May I ask you a question today as I close? Which do you want? Do you want God's favor or do you want his anger? Because you can have both for a lifetime. Do I have anybody? You see, a little girl came to her father and asked him for a nickel. The father reached in his pocket, but he didn't have any change at all. So he, he had, all he had was a $20 bill. He knew that it was a lot of money, but he figured that his daughter would have been a good had been a good girl, so he decided to give her the 20. The little girl said, Oh no, Daddy, you don't understand. I want a nickel. No, honey, you don't understand. This is a bunch of nickels you got here. You got $20. But the girl didn't understand. She said, Daddy, why won't you give me a nickel? 
He tried to explain again. He tried to tell her how many nickels were in a dollar and how many dollars was, 20, was, was in a $20 bill. She wasn't getting it. She started crying and having a temper tantrum. Daddy, you said you were going to give me a nickel. Why won't you give me a nickel? And that's exactly what we do. We settle for nickels when God is trying to give us 20s. God is trying to give you lifetime favor. But you're settling for nickels. And in my close today, I want to encourage you to remember this. God's anger is righteous. It's a response to love. If, I di if he didn't love you, some of you thinking that you're going backwards, but you're keeping yourself in that punishment period of life. And what God is saying to you today is you can come out of that. Give God a hand clap of praise.